Thank you for joining us today on the Eastern Maine Sports Media Podcast. I want to tell you what's coming up uh, first. Um, check out all of our podcasts. They, they can be seen here on YouTube. Or, and make sure you hit the subscribe button. And they also can be heard anywhere you get your uh, podcast. Spotify, Apple, um, anywhere. Odyssey, Odyssey, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find them. Um, we've got a busy busy time coming up. Uh, the high school soccer and field hockey uh, playoffs are starting soon. Um, the high school football eight-man playoffs start this weekend. So busy time. Just keep checking our schedule, and we'll have that for you. And uh, we'll have a lot of games coming up. But uh, tonight, I've got a special guest, Mike Antonellis, um, the uh, former um, uh, broadcast uh, man for the uh, uh, Sea Dogs, and now with the Worcester Red Sox. So he knows the uh, Red Sox uh, organization pretty well. And uh Going to talk a little bit about that, and uh, first of all, thank you for joining me tonight, Mike. Uh, I appreciate it, Mark. Nice uh, background. You've got the smiley ball, Blue Sox logo. So, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, it's crazy to think I've been away from Maine for five years now. Uh, so it's crazy how time flies. Yeah, and um, first, I mean, I guess just first, um, we'll take go backwards and um, talk about <laughs> your time at Portland, and um, you know, kind of what that meant to you, and um, you know, just your time there. Yeah, it means a lot. You know, I've always said that's probably going to be the best gig. I mean, even though I'm working at AAA and it's a brand new stadium and I've had some really good opportunities to do some other things. But um, the fact is the 15 years there, I worked for the best owners in sports, maybe best owners in any business, the Burks, who did recently uh, sell and uh, the people I met, you know, I'm still really good friends with them. Um, That whole Sea Dogs community is really one. You know, you hear all those cliches, but to the front office, to the players, to the city owners, um, game day people, interns, we're all. It was great. Um, best time of my life, and uh, you know, it, it's. I've had time to kind of reflect on it now. You know, when you're in it for so long, you don't really get a chance. But um, yeah, no, it's great. It, it still was a good move for me to to do what I did, and but I uh, I'll never forget that time there. Yeah, now you, as you said, you're at AAA, a brand new stadium, a stadium I haven't been to yet, yeah. but uh, look forward to that. Uh, just, just talk about the stadium and and, and being at Worcester. Yeah, no, I've always wanted to uh, begin somewhere from the start. I actually, uh, believe it or not, in 1998 or 99, when I was in Potomac, um, we opened the Myrtle Beach Stadium. I was the first visiting broadcaster there, and I said, "Man, that'd be cool to start," you know. And I've seen other teams with new ballparks. And uh, I'm I'm from this area originally. I live in Grafton now. I grew up in Ashland, which is close. I'm close to my parents now and my sister. So all of that have certainly has benefited um, in such a positive way. But I, I say it's a mini big league ballpark without the state, without the attendance. I mean, it, it's really incredible. Uh, the things they've done, what the city has become. They're building apartment complexes now in right field and then behind us. And uh Everywhere I go, I see Woo Sox hats and shirts. Everyone knows the team, and it's been great. You know, Worcester was uh, – people made fun of Worcester a lot when I grew up here. It's a rough area, but it's completely flipped, and it's changed the community, Mark. And, um, you know, we have big league owners, Larry Lucchino and Dr. Charles Steinberg. I mean, uh, but they did an unbelievable job. And they're, and I still, uh, to this day, you know, three years – next year will be my fourth. When I go in there, it's still uh, – you still get excited when you're in Ovid, believe it or not, after all these times. That's great. And I'll uh, just talk about this past season at Worcester. I mean, obviously the goal for these guys is to get to the next level. Um, and, you know, many of them did, um, yeah. you know, and, you know, played roles on the major league team this year. And um, I think it will be big parts of the future, either with the Red Sox or, or trading to get other teams yeah. 
players. So talk about some of the season. Yeah, you know, the season's interesting. I like to look back like probably around game 100 or even 110 and look at who was there at the beginning. And, you know, we had weird names like Greg Allen, who ended up going to the Yankees. We had it's almost in chapters where you have especially AAA because you have guys that have opt outs the beginning of May. So you you have like Alfaro, Jorge Alfaro and Greg mm-hmm. Allen's, you know, big league guys. And then it goes away. Some of those guys will leave. They get DFA'd. And, uh, you know, then it's a lot of the young guys. And then the, the final chapter was really what happens in AAA, and it's predicated on what happens in the big leagues. And with the big league team struggling, um, you know, they took a lot of guys from us, which we were happy about. Um, I always loved William Abreu from the time I saw him last year, uh, just his approach and thought that that would play in the big leagues. And, um, of course, Rafaela. You know, the, the young guys, I think, made a, a real good impression we had so many pitchers come through that, you know, they, they really, they signed a lot of guys, you know, that's kind of what everyone's doing too, because it's hard to get arms now. And um, we saw a lot of the guys from double a come up like Brian Van Bell, um, Mosqueda, uh, Chris Murphy, who was, you know, developing. Um, and then the trade guys for Kike Hernandez, you know, you have all that, but it was uh, it was a fun year. I mean, the team uh, record wise, 79 and 68, Almost had a playoff spot. Um, they were fun to watch, and I know they love playing in Worcester. Uh, the two guys you mentioned, um, talk about what you think their impact will be in the big leagues, Abreu and Rafaela. Um, you know, uh, both impressed me when they were up in Boston. Yeah. And, um, I, I think they got to both have a bright future. I mean, I think that Abreu can be Verdugo. I really do. I think that's a duplicate player. So uh, – is there more upside for Abreu? I think so because I think the I think he is better defensively. He can play all three outfield spots at a high level, which is hard to do. His arm is incredible. He's much more disciplined, and I think you saw with your own eyes that that big moment did not bother him. I, you know that's what I always look at. You can tell that he was not phased one bit being in the big leagues, and you could say it's the end of the year all you want. Still big league pitching. Um, it's still hard. I think he is a, a perfect spot to play left or right. I don't think Sedane Raffaella should play anywhere than center. I get that there's an open spot at second base. He's probably one of the best I've ever seen um, out there. And he's 22. And I, you know, I get some of his swing decisions was something they were working at, but he's 22 years old. And um, he was not happy being held back this year in Portland. He struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year in double A. And then once he got called up, I almost felt like it was his mission to kind of rub it in. And this is good. You know, we talked to our manager about this. You want players to do this. I mean, he had 14 home runs in AAA in less than 50 games. And he was motivated. And then he got to the big league. So, you know, you like that. You want to see how guys handle a little adversity. But I really think those two are are cornerstones for me for a long time. And that's going to be a hell of a trade that they made with the Astros. Yeah, no doubt. And um, another player I want to mention um, wasn't really there a lot this year, but he has been there. Is um, Brian Bale? I think he has the capability yeah. of being a being an ace. But I think the 2024 Red Sox would be better if they got other pitches than he was like a number three, because um, that would probably mean they're contending. And, and you know, because they've got other yeah. top-notch pitchers. But I think um, ace is in his future, don't you? Yeah, you know we um, we talk about this a lot. There, there's like six broadcasters with the Woo Sox because we do TV every night. And we have sideline reporters. So we all uh, 
get together and eat before games. And we have like these powwows and we, and we talk about this, you know, in my time and I'm the older one of the group, I haven't seen many homegrown pitchers in, in since 05, you know, there's only been a few. Uh, the Dodgers had nine. I counted between two, three different regimes. It's so hard now to trade for pitching uh, because of the the formats and the commodity. You know what they're holding teams hostage for is insane. You know there was that report that uh, Alex Verdugo was going to cost you Clark Schmidt, who's a probably a four. That's a big league, twenty five man roster outfielder, fringe all star for fourth starter. It's not prospects anymore that they want. You know, um, I had a scout tell me that Brian Bayo was what teams were asking for because you had no leverage. You know, you had three starters. Um, so you need to have you, you see, like, to your point, how he can change your whole rotation. And he did. I thought he did. When he came through the first day, uh, he pitched and struck out 10. It was like uh, it was him, Alec Manoa and um, Bybee for Cleveland in my three years have been the three best starters and in AAA, you could go months without seeing anyone. It's so hard now. Um, but they got to find a way, though, Mark, to figure that out. You, you can't have two or three homegrown pitchers over a course of 18 to 20 years. It just it's not going to work going forward. Yeah. What was John Lester the last one? Um, Is he at Lester, Buck Colts, and I think Bayo. I mean, that's three in since 05. You know, Papelbon counts a little bit, but he was a reliever. Yeah. yeah um, another player I want to talk about who – Really never got it going and has never got it going in the big leagues, but he certainly got it going in AAA. Um, and I, obviously there's a difference in pitching um, between yeah. AAA and big leagues. But Bobby Delbach, um, he lit it up down there. And obviously there was, yeah. after you know, the way Cassis was playing, you know, he's the first baseman for the Red Sox. There's really not a spot for Bobby Delbach. Do you think there's any trade value there? You know, I I, th- I don't know. I go back and forth, and I and I love Bobby to death too. I mean, I um you know I have a personal relationship from when the time in Portland, so. Uh, I really root for him. I think there's value at his position at third that he didn't play a lot because of Devers. And even in, in Worcester, they had him more at first than in the outfield. He did a really good job. But I think third base, there are not many good ones in baseball. So, um, yeah, I think if if someone, you know, we saw a few years ago when the Red Sox had nobody to play third, they kind of got, you know, suckered into that Sandoval deal. They had no leverage. They had no third baseman. And you don't want to get into that. And I think... I don't want to say selfishly, but the Red Sox probably needed to keep Bobby in case, you know, if Devers did get hurt when they were going for it there and in, in the playoff spot, what would have been the plan? Turner, maybe. Um, but the def- the defense of Bobby's really good. Uh, I'll tell you what, you know, times have changed when guys play that long in the big leagues and have to go back to triple a, it can go sour and it went the opposite to him. And he really went on a mission and he had a home run that, our computer said went 515 at Polar Park. There's some that don't believe it, but he was fun to watch. <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, defensively, he might be the best third baseman in the organization. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean that, that was, has his ups and downs, but I mean, Bobby Dalbuck might be the best defensive third baseman in the, in the yeah. organization. Um, want to take it over next. Um, you know, uh, you know, obviously a tough, tough season for the Red Sox. And yeah. the last day of the season probably was the worst of them all when, um, you know, we lost Tim, Tim Wakefield. Um, yeah. you, you met him, you knew him a little bit. Um, can you just talk about um, when you met him and, and what he was like? Yeah. So last year, uh, at the end of the year, I was very fortunate that uh, WEEI let me do the pre and post for um, three, four days. And I got to spend one day at Fenway with Joe and, and Rob Bradford. And 
Tim came in after and he would, he didn't know who I was because I was a fill-in and he was really nice right away and said, hi, congrats. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, and I, that's first only time I met him, but, um, terrific guy. What a great story. You know, he got in the minor leagues. I, I think his first stop with the pirates was Watertown, New York. You know, he thinks he's going to get to the big leagues as a first baseman. And then somebody had the idea that you can't hit, you know, happened at Kenley Jansen too. Um, I don't, I don't know if he resisted the change. I don't think so. I mean, if you can get to the big leagues, you can. And then, you know, his career is pretty remarkable, but really horrible because none of us knew. And, um, you know, his wife's not doing well either. And it's just, it's horrible, but uh, what a great guy, you know, and I, I, I know Will, Will Middlebrooks too. I know he's really heartbroken too. Cause Will lost his best friend, Ryan Mallett, former Patriot uh, who drowns this past year too. So, you know, it's been a tough year in sports world for, for good people, not people just because of what they did, but good people off the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very sad. And, um, you know, it, you know, meant a lot to Red Sox nation. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I want to talk next about um, the uh, front ups. Um, obviously sure. that's a take up right now. Um, Heim Bloom um, got let go. Um, in my opinion, he did what they wanted him to do, built the farm system. Um, but now it's time they want to go. I think they want to try to win again and they want to, um, I think the last two trade deadlines, I think I don't think they were pleased because they were right in it, this trade deadline, and nothing was done really. So yeah. what do you what, what do you think is the goal here for the ownership? I that's a good question. You know, I, I mean they this is kind of what they did with Ben Sherrington. I thought Ben did an unbelievable job because I was there. Well, I was there for Mike Hazen too, and a lot of these guys. And, you know, during Ben's time, just to quickly go back on that, you know. They had a chance, I think, to make some trades, and he resisted. And some of those guys would have been Mookie Betts, would have been Jackie Bradley Jr., would have been a lot of guys that you know he refused to get rid of. That end up being some pretty good players. And um, you know, Heim from from the my last year in Portland in 2019, that might have been the low point in in the organization. I and mean, we had no talent, you know. And the, you know, it's not a knock on on the guys there personally. It's just um, it's just the facts. We were not a good club. We had no depth. Um, the organization had no players, so they needed to, to fix that. And if you, you know, I think sometimes Red Sox fans and people don't look around the room to see what's working. You know, I, I would get, I would get people's opinions. If spending automatically fixed, um, it doesn't, uh, the Mets are, yeah, Padres Mets, you know, tactfully it, it can, um, but you have to be able to have a strong foundation. The Astros in in are staring you right in the face every year. I mean, they have what four or five homegrown pitchers. They've had four or five homegrown starters, which is you know, no one's doing. What Atlanta's done, what Baltimore's done, uh, you know, a lot of even Toronto. You know, a lot of their core infielders are are them. I think that's what they were trying to do. I I don't think Heim resisted the spend. I can't think a GM would care. I mean, what would he, it's not his money. Um, and I, maybe the, maybe there were expectations that he could do even more. I think he did the best he could. Uh, and, you know, with the trade deadline, Mark, we don't know, uh, you know, I wish we knew what the offers were, but I have to imagine, and just from talking to some scouts near the deadline and trying to get some intel, they don't like to give up a lot, but some scouts just told me that the offers and, and ask were insane, you know, um, if any team knew you had one little hole, they were going to ask for the moon. Um, quick example, uh, 
Cleveland traded Adam Savali to the to the uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay gave up the number thirty seven prospect in minor league baseball at the time, a slugging first baseman in AAA for a rental. Um, you didn't have that, you know. Comp, you know, comp to that would have been Casas. Would you have parted Casas to get a pitcher? You know, that, that's a well, tough that's call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I and I don't know. So I think you know the jury's out. Did they try? Um, I, I I do believe Heim did all he could. Uh, I just don't think you had the resources to get anybody. Um, and and maybe that's a situation going forward. Maybe ownership says, "Hey, we don't care. Give up Marcelo Meyer, Roman Anthony, or whoever to get a starter." So, um, but I really, I I think Heim did a good job. I think he'll get hired too. I, I don't think he's going to be out long. Yeah, and um, you know, the next person. I mean, I know the Marlins um got rid of their person today. Yeah. Uh, do you think think she's a she's a possibility? Absolutely. You know, I think the, having a relationship with Alex Cora helps. Um, you know, and that is kind of, you know, I don't want to say odd, but it is a little out of the box that the manager gets kept. Um, but you know, GMs are a little different now. The old school GM kind of wanted to have more say in that. The new schools don't as much. Uh, they, you know, and and she knows Alex from their time with the Dodgers. She worked with the Yankees. And she did a damn good job with the Marlins. You know, uh, the Marlins want to hire president of baseball that would she would make her the number two, and she doesn't want that. She shouldn't. So I don't know if the Red Sox would. I mean, I know Sam Kennedy's part of it, but he's not president of, of the minor league side. So, or the major league with players. So hopefully, um, you know, her next gig is running thing. The Mets are looking for a GM. I don't think she'd be interested in that since she wouldn't be the president. Um, but you know, I hope the next person comes in and they're going to come into a good situation, similar to what uh, Dombrowski did. He came into a really good spot. Um, I think every GM that comes in and ends up winning, it's not just the guy before it. It can even be two to three guys before that. Um, and one more thing. I, I have to ask this. Do you think Otani's any possibility? I do not. I, re- I honestly think it's a um, price to drive up the, the West coast. That's just my theory. I, I don't see why. New Balance being in Boston, I mean, I, he's not going to go there ever. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, those agents are smart. If initially it comes out, there's only a couple teams competing. This just, this hammers the market uh, completely. I just don't see, you know, it will, it would make an impact. I mean, they like to do that. I mean, it certainly would. It would change things. The, you do. There's an economic benefit too with Japan, where they have to pay for TV rights, I believe, and uh, the Daisuke thing. They made a lot of that money back. Um, I just don't think that that's something they need. I'd rather them spend that on pitching because that's at the end of the day. We you saw how their offense was able to be one of the best in the game, and they still, you know, were horrible at times. Yeah, and there's a few good pitches out there. Um, the, yeah, the top one is from Japan, and yes, I think, and Aaron Nola is also available. Oh so yeah. Or- so they got they got some options there. Um, now let's um, skip over to the uh, playoffs. I, I, last I saw the you know we're taping this on uh, on Monday late early evening and uh, the uh, Rangers were up game two. Um, last I saw yeah. five to two. I don't know what it is now, but um, and and they won game one. Um, just talk about that series a little bit. Um, kind of surprising to me that the Rangers might go up two zero. Um, you know you know, but they haven't lost a game in the playoffs. They deserve a lot of credit. They've overcome the bullpen um, struggles. During the season, but uh, yeah, Bo- you know, Bo- 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 a big reason for that, huh? 
Yeah, you know, that was uh, – I know a lot of Giants fans are not happy about that because they chose to go analytics over a guy like that. I think players like a Bruce – you know, C. Bochy and, and Dusty Baker, I love those guys. Uh, they got two studs, you know, Montgomery and, and Evaldi. Uh, that's really helped. But, you know, their lineup is really good. I love that third baseman, Josh Young, and and um, Carter, one of their outfielders, and, and Corey Seager. I mean, those are two really good – teams you know the what the astros they think they've won seven straight um they've been in the alcs seven straight years um but yeah no it's great you know there's that you know i've talked to players um i actually asked a few players uh recently about the layoff and they said it's kind of an overdone story that it, it's the first two at bats on a long layoff are bad but after that you should be fine and you still have to pitch so um it's not fair to take that credit away from uh, the Rangers, you know, it wasn't easy for them at the end of the year to get in. Uh, but yeah, you know, it'd be great to see them. I'm really rooting for the Diamondbacks because of Mike Hazen, who I know uh, from his time here, and Tori Lavulo, who was here. And um, there's a lot of Red Sox influence in Arizona, and that would be great to see them. Yeah, the it would be for the, the Phillies that home field advantage, though. That's kind of that's tough yeah. to overcome, isn't it? And uh, you know, yeah. that, that's kind of that's kind of like a SEC football um, <laughs> atmosphere. It seems like you know there. Yeah. The uh, Diamondbacks tried to simulate it. Uh, they they played a, a simulated game in Arizona when they piped in all the Citizens Bank Park noise. They tried to simulate what that would be. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's what's great about baseball. I, you know, someone that I'm 50 and I grew up where I I hated the old format. You know, I see people saying back to where the division mattered. I mean, I remember seasons for the Red Sox being over in May. I mean, I think this format's way better. Um, I don't see it as everyone gets a trophy. It's still hard to get in. Um, there's still, there's still less, less teams in the NBA or NHL yeah. or NFL. Yeah, you know? but you got to adjust, you know. I mean, um, you you want to see different teams in it, and it, it would make the product bad if only two teams in each division got in. It would You would end up selling off guys and – I didn't like. I like it much better now. You could you could definitely see the strategy of not trading certain. You know, the Marlins did that actually. You know, they they really last year, the year before, they resisted giving up some prospects, and then they made the playoffs this year. You know, it's you know anyone that's bad, um, they can flip the switch in two years and, and be in postseason. I mean, that's it's remarkable. You know, and I never thought Baltimore would be able to do what they did being that bad. I mean, they completely ripped the wall down and I didn't think it would work this quickly, but um, the scary thing is Mark, they're, they're going to be better. They got more guys uh, waiting yeah. in the wings, uh, three yeah. or four position players. It might be better than what they have in the big leagues. Yeah. And the, uh, and the Rangers lost hundred games not too long ago either. But yeah, back, exactly. Back, back to your point about everybody, you know, being, it's not everybody gets a trophy, but, Compete. And the Red Sox didn't even have a good year, and they were in it till mid to late yeah. August. <laughs> you know, so that I mean, that's that's um, keeps the fans involved, and, and I yeah, think it's better too. Yeah, I think it's a remedy to protect uh, the smaller markets. You know, because they know what will happen. You know, the old way, you could have your best player traded at the deadline, and then you know you could form super teams. They don't want to do that. I get it. I think super teams are cool, but I do get it from the standpoint of business and having extra games and you know what the what. You know, Apple spent they didn't even get a playoff game. They spent six hundred million for the rights to Friday night baseball. And they didn't even I don't think they even got a playoff game. So, you know, down the road, maybe those streaming companies get in more involved and it it, you know, Mark, eventually they'll probably add more. Uh they're gonna add two more teams, it looks like, to balance the schedule. And I think a lot of the things that they have done um have really 
hit a home run with the clock, with the the schedule. I love the schedule. You play everyone. It it boosted attendance. And when they add two more to have it even every year, 16 and 16, that's going to be fantastic. It sure is. Um, I want to end this, uh, Mike, with maybe you talking about a, a few of your great broadcasting moments and maybe your favorite or your best best broadcasting moment in your career. Yeah, you know, that's that's a good one. I, I get that question a lot. And uh, I would say, of course, the first one, you know, the first pro broadcast they did in 1997 in Woodbridge, Virginia. Uh, I played the Kinston Indians, and I, I think the score, we lost 10 nothing. It was like a five-error game. Uh, the 2006 championship in Portland, that final game, um, that was fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> then I look at, uh, 2014 Mookie Betts led off the season on a three, two pitch with a home run. And that was almost like a movie that had a lot of, uh, you know, it was like a metaphor of what the season was going to be and, um, what Mookie would be. And, and that it was weird. That team was one of the best teams in the history of, of the sea dogs. We won that game on opening night in 14 and Henry Owens paint, pitched a rain short and no hitter, but I never got to call it because the game went into a delay. And uh, so, that, but that was the first game that Mookie played and we had a no hitter and just, you know, and then he went on and then probably the first game in, in Worcester because they had, uh, they had Bob Cousy there. They had David Ortiz. I mean, the, the, they had the governor, they had the, it was insane. The, the, the celebrities that were there for that. And it was brand new. It was the first game at a new ballpark. And, um, you know, those are the moments that you, you know, you're nervous and excited. And then probably, uh, the others would be the few times that we played in at Fenway. Uh, the, the sea dogs used to play there for the futures at Fenway. I mean, that, that, that was so about a handful and, and a lot of them were Portland moments, of course. <clears throat> um, excellent excellent uh, it's great having you on mike and uh, thank you, you know, anytime I know, I know you're you know busy during the season but maybe we can get closer to the season or, or maybe we can kind of preview the season or something and yeah. you know and stuff uh, but great having you on i uh, love talking baseball with anybody and, and somebody that knows uh, you know the game as well as you it's great great to do anytime mark thank you all right thank you mike take care yeah that was good huh <laughs>